0: podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. Thank you for joining me once again on this episode. We're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers win, this time over the Texas Southern Tigers. That's two Tigers in a row that we faced. By the score of 63-80, to 80, Auburn gets the win, pushing their record to 4-2 and two on the year. We're going to break down all the action and the stats and the storylines of this game and talk about where Auburn is headed going forward. So thank you for joining me, and we always love to hear from you and your thoughts and impressions about each and every episode and the things that we talk about here. You can reach out on email, uh, e 2 network at gmail.com and also on our social media platforms when we post out these episodes. So let's get right into it. And as always, I'd like to start out with some general notes, uh, discussion points before we actually get into the actual game, the stats, and then we'll end with a preview of the next game. So for general notes tonight, and I know this one is probably, it's not necessarily basketball related. I mean, it kind of is. It's, it's it's It involves Bruce Pearl. Um, but this is the first episode after... Coach Gus Malzahn has been let go as the head football coach for Auburn Tigers. And uh, we all know, and I think it was pretty obvious, that Coach Bruce Pearl and Gus Malzahn had a very strong relationship and friendship in terms of uh, helping each other out. And and in some ways, I don't want to put words in Coach Bruce Pearl's mouth, uh, but it felt like a bit of a mentorship for him, at least in terms of learning to be an Auburn man, which bra- which which Bruce actually embraced really easily, uh, and I would say in some areas surpassed Gus Malzahn uh, in terms maybe of his enthusiasm and things like that. But uh, if you saw the interview that they did with uh, Coach Bruce Pearl uh, previewing this game, and was posted online, he was asked about his relationship with Coach Gus Malzahn, and you could really tell this one hit him hard. Uh, and you could tell that he probably wasn't expecting it as much as Coach Malzahn was and uh, was probably fairly disappointed by that. But I just I say that to reiterate how special this place is, that being Auburn, and how unique the relationship seems to be between the coaches uh, and how special that was between Coach Malzahn and Coach Pearl. And my hope is that we will find a coach for football that will be able to embrace Coach Bruce Pearl The same way because as the two uh, honestly power programs for the Auburn Tigers right now, uh, they need to be working hand in hand to uh, obviously help each other, help recruit, help uh, promote each other. And when they both do well, Auburn does well. So I obviously, you know, I think of Bruce Pearl having to deal with the loss of having his friend work with him every day and uh, going forward with that. But Like I said, that was not basketball-related in the truest sense, but I felt like it was appropriate to bring that up uh, considering their friendship. So let's move into more basketball-related news. Uh, Before this game, we got the announcement that, not a shocker here, SE Freshman of the Week honor going to Justin Powell. The kid has burst onto the scene in the Auburn eyes, but also in the Southeastern Conference eyes as well and is very much deserved. And I have a feeling that we'll be seeing a few more of these before the season is over with. So not a shock that he gets that first SEC of the week, this time SEC Freshman of the Week award. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets offensive or uh, any kind of award uh, for the SEC going forward. Some Sharif Cooper watch news. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's still sitting over there on the side. He's not even sitting on the sideline. Isn't it sad to just look over there and see Sharif not even sitting on the bench area? I don't know what the issue is, why he can't sit on the bench. Um, I got to think it's more COVID-19 related than it is NCAA related. That's just my impression of the situation. But they always pan over there on the TV. And he's just, I feel so bad for him. I mean, don't you? I mean, like. The dude's just waiting to play, and he's like, y'all are th- flourishing in this time without me, but we could be doing so much more with me at the helm, and you can definitely tell that Auburn does need a true point guard, but they're finding the ways to make it work. More on that in just a second here. Um, so a little bit about the opponent tonight in Texas Southern. The one good thing, not one good thing, one of the great things, the many of those that Coach Bruce Pearl has done is schedule opponents, especially in the non-conference, that are very formidable, even if they are considered a lower mid-major program. Uh, He usually goes out and schedules those that were expected to be preseason favorites for their conference, were previous conference champions last year. He works really hard to get those teams there and not make them so easy for his team. Now, there are some games coming up which are probably a fairly a little bit more easier than others. And you always want to have one or two, maybe a third of those. But you really want to try, when you're scheduling these things out, for your resume, which isn't going to matter this year because we all know that there's no postseason for Auburn, sadly. Just another thing in 2020. Uh, there's no postseason, so it's not going to matter. But when you schedule it, it does matter if you were going to be able to participate in the postseason. So Texas Southern was not a pushover coming in, and they proved that uh, going forward. Um, Another great thing tonight, with the way the game results, which we'll talk about in a second, the walk-ons got in and the rest of the bench as well. Always means that's a good thing when you see that, unless you're on the receiving end of that and you're putting your walk-ons in because you got blown out that bad. Thankfully, this one's in Auburn favor. And just a little bit of a stat for you tonight. The game tonight was the 31st straight home win in a non conference performance so let me make that a little bit clearer because I think I kind of convoluted that 31st straight home non-conference win for the Auburn Tigers so nice streak going there at home for Auburn and I hope that they'll continue doing that forward so that's your general news and notes let's get into the actual game so for those of you that weren't able to actually watch or listen here's kind of a just a brief overview of the game flow and how things kind of broke down. In the first half, it was a very close battle back and forth, and really, it was the battle of Auburn's tenacious defense versus the sharp shooting of Texas Southern, and oddly enough, it ended up in the favor, at least for the first half, in the Texas Southern Tigers. They take the lead at the half, 40-39. to Now, in the second half, you can really tell that Auburn's talent and maybe even their preparation took over, taking advantage of some mental mistakes. And opportunities that Texas Southern did give Auburn down the stretch, which results in a completely different flipped script there for the second half. Auburn ends up pretty much blowing out Texas Southern, 80 to 63. I wouldn't call it a blowout. I think the, I think the score makes it look a lot worse than it actually was. It really didn't get bad until the very end there. Texas Southern was a very formidable opponent and found a way to stay competitive all the way up into probably the mid part of the second half one of those things that made Auburn so successful I've already brought it up was their tenacious defense tonight and I think you can tell they were really prepared on their scouting for to to face this type of team and this was going to be a smaller team which probably had a tendency to shoot more and we saw that in the first half you saw Auburn come out in a 1-3-1 a lot of times for those of you that don't know basketball as well that means there's a defender at the top three kind of across the middle, and then one down below closer to the basket. And it's a very good zone defense to attack some shooters on the outside. You've even seen that employed against Auburn teams of the past that were really known for sharp shooting. Thinking about Jared Harper, thinking about Bryce Brown, and even thinking last year with Samir Dowdy and Javon McCormick. That's been utilized against Auburn in the past, and to see Auburn kind of flip the script a little bit and use it for themselves was very nice to watch do that. And even still, Texas Southern found some success with that. They got some pretty decent looks, even if they got their hands hands in their face and were able to get some shots off and get them in the basket. And I find it really interesting. We'll go over to more of the stats later, but I'm just going to switch over to one right now. They're 5-for-11 from beyond the three-point arc. And they were shooting them a lot in the first half, and I think that's what would really helped them get out the lead. But they either didn't get opportunities to shoot it again or ceased it altogether because I thought they would have had a lot more So, considering the success that they were having in the first half. I mean, their percentage was 45%. You'd think they do a little bit more of that if you're shooting that well. Of course, it is easy to have a higher percentage if you're taking less opportunities on lower percentage shots. So just a little bit of stats discussion there for you as well. Here's something that I noticed, and this particularly... I'm thinking of JT Thor when I think of this, but it it applies across the board here. Somebody got in the ear of all the Auburn players, but specifically JT Thor, and said drive to the basket in this game and punish them. JT Thor had a monster jam from, uh, he started beyond the three-point arc and came driving in, and I think he took off at about the free throw line and just slammed it home. That is what we've all been anticipating. I mean, literally... I, I was not, obviously not in the arena, but I hope they drop the, the Thor hammer down somehow in the in the sounds of the background or on the video screen, because that is something that we're going to be really excited to see more and more often as time goes forward. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash e 2 Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e 2 support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Now I want to talk a little bit about the point guard situation. No mistake, we've have talked about this ad nauseum. Sharif Cooper's not here and probably won't be for the foreseeable future, just the way things are going in twenty twenty. But we found a way to make the point guard position work in the absence of Sharif Cooper. That obviously being the emergence of Justin Powell and how well he is doing, sliding over into that position, even at six foot six, and making it work and even getting himself some SEC Freshman of the Week honors. In in the short time here. What's been interesting to watch in this short season already is we came into the season with Tyrell Turbo Jones seeming like he was going to get a shot at the starting point guard spot. Didn't necessarily work out and we've even now seen him relegated to only about four minutes of playing time in this game. I don't know if that's simply because of poor performance or if something else going on, but I'm really shocked to see that his playing time has really shrunk down this far. So with that being said, without Sharif Cooper, with shrinking Turbo Jones' playing time, you can't expect Justin Powell to do it all. So what does that mean? That means Alan Flanagan gets time at point guard tonight, which I was honestly very shocked about. I did not see that coming, but it makes sense. I mean, he is the smallest guard out there who sees significant time. And you kind of want a smaller person at point guard scene time. And so it was interesting to watch him actually slide into this role that we're not used to. And I thought that he did a fairly decent job at that. So I think probably what you're seeing there is Bruce Pearl preparing for not only the rest of non-conference play, but for conference play, anticipating that Sharif Cooper may not be there. And if Turbo's not going to work out, at least currently... As the starter or the backup point guard, got to have someone else ready. I don't think we're going to get to the point of 2000 and what was it 15 or 14 where Simeon Bowers, our six foot nine center at the time, was point, playing point guard. We I don't think we're going to get to that point. Of course, there's injuries and it's 2020, so who knows. Uh, but it's just something that we're having to do to work in uh, somebody else into the mix in case things get a little bit crazy as we go down the stretch. Talked a lot about tenacity. I Talked a lot about energy and just taking it seriously to the basket. Within that energy column, I'm going to throw out Dylan Cardwell. He was a beast tonight in terms of being an energy guy on the floor. There's one point where he took took a charge, I believe is what it was, and just came up screaming and yelling and just, just pumped up over that simply. I think you see a guy who kind of understands his place and has now said, Even if I'm not going to see the significant time that I may want, I'm going to be this type of player for the Auburn Tigers. And I love that. So he really won me over tonight. He got himself some points. We'll go through stats here in just a second. But I really love the energy that he brought tonight. And we've already talked a little bit about Alan Flanagan. Tonight was a coming out for him party at home in terms of points and just production and, and stepping into an extra role as learning this point guard position. Really impressed with him. And then just a last note here, I always talk about players to watch uh, in their in this game, and we had mentioned Jorda, Jordan, or Don, or however you it's a, it's a weird spelling, Carl Nicholas, and keeping him under control. He had nine points tonight and five rebounds, so I think that we did a fairly decent job of keeping under control one of their two better players tonight. As we look at the stat sheet here, I'm not obviously going to talk a lot about the bench players that got in for the last less than a minute of the game because, you know, there's not much to talk about there. So we won't walk all the way down the stat sheet. Although I will mention that Preston Cook, the walk-on, got his first basket of the season in those last few seconds, which is always fun to watch. All right, we'll start with the starters. They're the same as they've been for the last couple of games. JT Thor, Alan Flanagan, Jalen Williams, Justin Powell, and Devin Cambridge. Your top three scorers on the night, Alan Flanagan, the leader with 18 total points followed by Jalen Williams and Justin Powell, both with uh, 15 points. JT Thor has seven. Devin Cambridge has eight. Jamal Johnson, which had some pretty proud moments tonight and some good moments, six points. Uh, Chris Moore with four. Babatundi Kingbola with two. And then Dylan Cardwell with three. So you've got production across the bench tonight, it seems like, with the exception of Turbo and uh, Javon Franklin, who didn't see a lot of time, even less than Turbo Jones, Uh, but everyone scores tonight, so there was good production across the bench, but you didn't really need that when you've got three players. We talk a lot about Auburn trying to make sure that they don't allow more than two players to go into double digits, which they came close to tonight, Uh, but they, Texas Southern, allowed three Auburn players in double-digit points tonight, which really kind of solidified the victory for Auburn. Justin continues to do great things with 15 points for him. I was surprised that Jalen Williams got himself Fifteen, But he, again, shows how impressive and versatile he is, even with a bigger size guy tonight. Um, What I want to do here is walk down some of the team stats and kind of maybe break down some things that we notice out of this. Even with Auburn having a somewhat dominant win, the field goal percentage is more in the favor of Texas Southern at 49% to Auburn's 46%. And then you look at the three-point percentage, 45%. For Texas Southern, only 17. For Auburn, Auburn took 23 shots from beyond the three-point arc and only knocked down four of them. I'm not even going to go into it with free throw 63% to Texas Southern's 89 I just, oh my goodness. Y'all have been listening to this podcast for years, probably most of you, and it's you know this is is just horrendous to me. I mean, it's not as bad as it has been when we were at 30-something percent a couple of games ago, but 63% just makes me gag. I, I can, like, tolerate in the 70s, but you should be at 80%. And well done for Texas Southern for doing that. Didn't really help you all that much. But here's the thing. Even with not shooting as well as Texas Southern, even with shooting very poorly from beyond the three-point arc, and even with a subpar free throw percentage, Auburn is very successful. How do they do that? Well, you look at the turnover discrepancy here. 18 turnovers for Texas Southern to nine only for Auburn. Now, it only resulted in 21 points for Auburn on those turnovers to uh, points off of turnovers but 13 for Texas Southern, but they capitalized there. Auburn gets back to its winning ways on rebounds, 37 to 28. They did lose the defensive rebound battle, but they dominate on the offensive boards, those second chance points, and there's a big, big look at that right there. 22 second chance points for Auburn, and that, between that and the turnovers, is why Auburn wins tonight, even with a good showing from Texas Southern, and even with some poor shooting stats in some areas for Auburn, Auburn looks much more impressive with this win and their point spread. Even with some factors working against them, defensively, uh, there were six blocks for Auburn and three steals, and it was a very good night across the board. I wouldn't call, you know, if I had to put a grade on tonight for Auburn, I'd say it was an A minus because I, I I think there are areas like free throws and just some and some shooting issues that are still there. But in terms of tenacity, energy, uh. Adjustments that were made, coaching staff change uh, in terms of decisions that we're making. I liked what I saw tonight. Clint Richardson, my former co-host, used to talk a lot about he needed to see a solid win. I, I think this is one of those things where he could say, it wasn't solid, but it's about as solid as you could get to it. So I'm very pleased with what I saw tonight and think that this is a great step in the right direction for this early part of the season. To close out our show tonight, as we always do, let's take a quick preview of the next game. And that will be against the Troy Trojans, who are currently 3-3. Three and three. That game will be at 1 o'clock Central Time this Saturday, December 19th. Now, there is no TV listed that I'm seeing at this point might change it might not which is really interesting because we've been in seasons now where we've literally had almost every game on tv and now i think this is like the second one that potentially is not going to have a tv or you have to have some special subscription you can't get unless you buy it or what i don't know it just it's interesting we seem to be reverting back in accessibility on tv to the old days because i remember it used to be the only the big uh, non-conference games that you would get on TV, and even then, sometimes it wasn't the case, especially if Auburn wasn't good and wasn't worthy <laughs> being on TV, but I, I don't think we'll have TV this time, but you will be able to listen to the radio broadcast. Now, Troy is coming off a win of Central Baptist College, 61-41, to but they will play the Sanford Bulldogs from Birmingham before they see us in Auburn Arena I would say they probably not had such a great start to their season. I mean, it's three and three. Uh, they took their worst loss, and I only lost in in terms of like it being bad, uh, was it was to number 17 Texas Tech, and I call it a wallop because it was like by 30 points. Uh, so on paper, when you lose to a, a ranked team, it doesn't look so bad, but you kind of want to look a little bit more competitive than that. I don't really consider them having any signature wins yet either. I think Western Carolina and North Alabama were two of their wins alongside Central Baptist College. So nothing really to write home about here. And they've also had two games canceled this season so far that they haven't played. So you got to think they might be a little bit out of rhythm getting ready for those games and suddenly you don't get to play them. That's got to mess with your psyche a little bit. So this could be a team that's kind of a little bit out of sorts, not had a schedule that they were expecting. And that may contribute to some of their struggles as well. And and also this, and I'll say this, I bring it up every time we play an Alabama team. I continue to commend Coach Bruce Pearl for scheduling Alabama teams here. And I hope one day that he will make that Alabama-only tournament in non-conference play happen. But thankfully, he continues to prioritize having those teams come to Auburn Arena and visiting them at times, sometimes to our potential dismay almost losing at south alabama last year if it wasn't for isaac Acora. a couple players and really only one player for you to watch i usually give it the two categories points and rebounds uh zay williams is the guy to watch he seems to be the one that you want to shut down the junior forward is scoring 12.2 points per game but also averaging 7.7 rebounds per game Now, he's not scoring a double-double, but that means he's probably the best player there. And if you can shut him down, you shut the Troy Trojans down. Couple that with being at home and them not showing impressive showings that yet. I feel very confident that Auburn is going to have somewhat of an easy win. But as the case is tonight, where you saw with Texas Southern came out and took the lead at the half, I think Auburn needs to be very, very careful here and make sure they do things right. And if they do that... They can get some more time for some of the the bench and potentially rest up some of their players as we get into more of a regular schedule in the final part, non-conference and moving into conference play. So very happy with the win tonight. Like I said, I think that's about as close to a solid win as you can get. And thankful that we get a win at home and we continue on into non-conference play. That's all I have for you here on this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle.